say this word with me, restore. 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 What you're saying and you're speaking into the, the heavenlies is it's a prophetic word and it's a word that came to my wife and I. And just to give you just a synopsis of our, our, our life, um, about 21 years ago, well, almost 22 years ago, uh, in January, we were traveling and we found ourselves traveling in Alabama and we had our three children in, in, the, in, the, in the motor coach. We're driving down the road and we're coming home on Sunday night. We lived in Oklahoma and by Monday morning we got into Oklahoma and we woke up and our daughter came down and she was five years of age and when she came down to the, the kitchen that morning and we began to talk to her, we noticed that she was not moving her eyes to, to follow us. She was moving her head and her eyes would not move in her head. So we made an, a, 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 an appointment with the ophthalmologist, opto, uh, ophthalmologist and so we took our daughter in at 1.30 that afternoon and within five minutes he said, you need to schedule an MRI. And so he got on the phone and by 4.30 that afternoon, my daughter was having an MRI. By 5 to 5.30 that evening, the man came out and he said, I can't tell you what's going on. I'm just a radiologist. You'll have to meet with the doctor. He said, but you're in trouble. That's all he said. And so the next morning we met with the radiologist and the radiologist said to us, your daughter has an inoperable brain tumor. It's in the middle of her brain stem and we do not give her till her sixth birthday. And within a 24-hour um, time span, our whole life, our whole world was turned upside down. And we began to pray and we began to believe. And we began to do everything that we knew in the natural. We found the best doctors and the best doctors said, there's nothing that we can do operably for your daughter. And then we found the best experimental medicine and they began to put her through a regimen and make a long story short for the next 11 months. We followed this process. We prayed. We believed. We had medical help. We sought the best medicine. But on November 23rd, 1999, our daughter of six years of age graduated to heaven. Now, we found ourselves in a position that said, and I want to say this with all due respect because there were so many wonderful and kind people that came alongside of us. But you know how just one squeaky wheel and the squeaky wheel would come up to us and said, you don't have a valid ministry. If you can't get your own daughter healed, you need to stop doing what you're doing. You don't have enough faith. Well, then the next person came up to me and said, I can tell you why your daughter went to heaven. You didn't have enough faith for her healing. And so when you began to hear these things from other people, you, you, you start to, to question, you start to wonder, and then you cease listening to God and it almost becomes difficult, if not impossible, to even pray. Because you're in this numbing stage and then you find yourself going, is what they're saying true? Do, do we not have a ministry anymore? Did we fail? Did our daughter fail? Did, did the devil slip one by God? And then we began to go and find our pastor. And we went to our pastor. And I'm going to tell you what, when you sit down with a pastor and they're listening from God and you have a relationship with him because you're plugged into a church, the pastor will always have a word in season for you. And we had a pastor friend of ours and, 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 and he was from North Carolina. We just found ourselves with him and he opened his Bible and he found a scripture and it was back in, pardon me? It's in Philippians. It's in Philippians? It's in Philippians. Find it. <laughs> Anyways, we, we do this all the time. <laughs> she thinks I'm I wrong. Do. I think she's wrong. And so we're both wrong. So um, he came up, he gave us this word. He said, there's a scripture that said, Paul said 
that he left his traveling mate, his ministry compadre behind, he left Trophimus behind at Miletus sick and continued on with his journey. Now, I had never seen that scripture before, and you're probably right. I, I don't remember where it is in the Bible right now. I hadn't seen it either. But I had circled it in my Bible because I, I wondered, I said, Paul laid rags on people and they were healed. But, but he couldn't even get the one that was traveling with him in ministry healed. But that wasn't the important thing because it didn't say whether the, his traveling companion was ever healed or not. It just said he had to leave him behind. And it said, and then he furthered on or he pressed on and continued on with his ministry. And that little obscure scripture right there is what the pastor said to us. He said, then this is where you are. This scripture was put there for you 2,000 years ago. You're to continue on. God's not done with you. He's not through with you. He's going to work through you. And he wants to restore you. Wow. When he used the word restore, I started to think about the word restore. And that's why we had you open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, the word restore. And as I shared in the first service, I, I, was, I found myself, I think it was in Louisiana or Alabama, and a gentleman came up to me, and, and I'm, I'm, I was born in 1958. I'm 62 years old. She's 64 years old. She's older than me. I just wanted you to know that. It's just because she dyes her hair doesn't mean she's younger than me. And... You're going to let that go? <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the, what I've learned this week up here about being 64 years old. I had no idea that your legs could fold. I've been so cold and so dry, the skin on my legs has folded like an accordion. I was like, wow. So I dye my hair, but I can't fix a thing about the folding of my legs. I guess I have to wear okay. tighter pants to make sure my legs don't okay. fold all the way down to Stop. my knees. Stop. Stop. Y'all should have Stop. warned me. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And I forgot where I was at. By the way, you can tell I'm not from California, right? You know what? The way you talk will always tell people where you're from. If you're a citizen of heaven, you should sound like it. So this gentleman said to me, he said, you know, I have, a, I have a 1958 Corvette, the year you were born, he said, and I've restored it. And he said, I would like you to come and take a look at it. And so I went to his, I went to his house and he had a red Corvette with an oxblood red interior and a white convertible top. And it had four miles on it after restoration. And he looked at me and he said, would you like to drive it? I said, you're not a car guy. There ain't a car guy alive that'll let another man drive his 1958 Corvette with four miles on it. Shame on you. He said, no, no, I want you to drive it. I said, no. I said, I can't drive this. I mean, first tell me a little bit about it. He says, I put 20,000 hours in the restoration of this vehicle. 20,000 hours. Of course, I said, you know, you can buy one that they'll roll off the assembly line in 25 minutes, you know. And, I, and he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said something so profound. He said, yes, but... He said, I put 20,000 hours in this, and this car is more valuable now than when it was built. And he handed me the keys to take it for a ride. I said, no, no, you, you restored that to, to put it in the garage and to, 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 to keep it on the shelf. He said, no, no. He said, I restored it to put it back into circulation. And that's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, listen, I put a lot of hours in you to restore you. And I didn't restore you to put you on the shelf. I want you to get back out there and I want you to get back into circulation and back into ministry because you're more valuable to me because you have been through something. Amen. If you've been through something, you know the value that you have with the Lord because he says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our 
Everybody has a story. Everybody has been through something. And I want you to know you're going to be known more by what you overcome than by whatever you achieve in your life. And the Bible says he calls from the remnant of survivors, those who have been restored. He says, if you will answer the call, there's only going to be a remnant of you, but I want to use you. So my wife and I held our hands up and we said, Lord, that's where we want to be. But how do we do this? And we turn in the Bible to the book of Isaiah, the 42nd chapter, if you have that. And before you go there, I want to read because the Lord told me the same exact thing. And then you quoted it in Joel 2, before you get to Isaiah, the day of the Lord. I want everybody to say, this is my day of the Lord. I will show signs and wonders displaying my power in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved from the coming judgment for on Mount Zion. In other words, anytime you see the word Zion, it means worship for out of your worship to me and in peace there will be those who escape and the Lord has said even among the remnant of survivors whom the Lord calls do you realize that until you go through something you're not even worthy to be called don't say I've been through this that disqualifies me everything you've ever been through is what qualifies you to stand in the presence of God everything you've ever been through is what makes you acceptable and gives you position for he says I call from the remnant of survivors and remnants of little bitty group not everybody's going to survive troubles trial frustration and distress but Jesus told us in John you're going to have trouble you're going to have trials you're going to have distress you're going to be frustrated but I have come to give you life and give you life with joy be of good cheer put on your happy pants do a little happy dance because I am the one Too many times we focus so much on what we've been through instead of giving the Lord the glory that he deserves that we've been through it. And we came out and hey, guess what? The earth may have shook in 2020, but you're still here. You're still standing. You're still worshiping. You're still surviving. And from that remnant, God says, I will call. You think about a remnant. If you take a piece of carpet and you have a remnant, it's the leftover. And a lot of times they take the remnant and they throw it away. And that's exactly what the world wants to do. They say, you've been through something. You have no value. So just discard you. But God says, I want to take that which the world would throw away. And I want to use you. Because, because the Bible says that greater things shall you do in my name. And so I said to Charlie, I said, we need to find something out about this restoration process. We needed it desperately. We couldn't survive without it. We couldn't survive without it. Three months from the day Gabrielle went to heaven, I had colon cancer. So we weren't just like getting better. Our situation looked worse. You have to understand that sometimes it looks like you're going deeper from the pit to the slavery, to the prison like Joseph, but God's taking you to the palace. But the journey seems like I I went through hell to get there. I went down to come up. But that's okay because sometimes you do go down to come up. And while you're down, get over yourself. 
Let the pride stay down there. Come up and let his glory be the only thing that's left to be seen. Become invisible worshipers so nobody can see you. They can only see him because the fire of God has purified you. You know, we began tell people some of the things that we'd been through in the 90 days or the year and, 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 and the, through the rest of our life. And one person said, do you all live under power lines? I mean, because everything that, that we would share with people, they just say it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But you know, we're still here. And I think about that and I don't want to dwell on last year and I don't want to dwell on the COVID virus, but everybody in this house, everybody in this country, everybody in this world at the beginning of last year has gone through something. And we have lost things where we come from in California. Uh, when, when they said we're, we're shutting down, I mean, they shut down. And just until recently, you couldn't even eat in restaurants. They shut down our churches. They shut down our shopping malls. They began to shut down things, our, the, the, the car lots, everything, only things that were essential. And all of a sudden I said to mom, I said, you know, we've lost so much. And, 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 and I said to her, I said, we want those things restored. In other words, we want them restored. We don't want them the way they were. We want them better than when they were. And so we've been talking about restoration again. And I thought about it, you know, you might have gone through th something like we did years ago and wonder why you're going through it, because it's pertinent to help somebody get through it today. And that's the testimony. And so we went into Isaiah, the 42nd chapter. And, and since you brought up last year, I just want to bring to everyone's information, and maybe you know this, but numbers have meaning and years have meaning. And last year was an overlapping of not just a new year, but it was an overlapping of new decades. And the beginning of the decade on the Jewish calendar was the year of the mouth crying out, it is finished for grace. Crying out, grace, grace, it is finished. The Lord is reigning. Use in your mouth. And then 20 was the beginning of the decade for the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. COVID was no surprise to God. What we went through was no surprise to God. He said, arise, my redeemed ones. Arise with the sound of God in your voice. Be the sound. Be the prophet. Be the one who says something different than the world. Be the redeemed. Sound like the redeemed. Talk like the redeemed. Walk like the redeemed. Worship like the redeemed. It's our year. It's not just our year. It's our decade. So in Isaiah 42, the verse, uh, Isaiah 42, verse 22, and I'm reading it out of the Amplified Bible. You've got it out of the New Amplified, I believe it is. Do. You want me to read it? You want to read it? But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are trapped in holes. They're hidden in houses of bondage. They have become a prey with no one to rescue them. A spoil with no one to say, restore. No prophet in the land would say restore. Now I'll read it out of the Amplified. It says, but this is a people robbed and plundered. They're all of them snared in holes and hidden in houses of bondage. For they become a prey with no one to deliver them, a spoil with no one to say, restore them. And when we read that, we said, oh, my goodness, what we went through uh, 21 years ago is exactly what everyone in the, the world, the United States, is going through. They're, they're hidden in houses. They become a prey. There have been things that have been taken away from you. And it says if just one person would stand up and find their voice and say, Lord, restore us. 
Lord, restore us. Lord, restore us. Lord, restore what we believe that the devil has taken from us. I want you to know when, when, when I got a word for you this morning, I, it's this. It says God has more for you in your future than what Satan's stolen from you in your past. And then he said, tell them, old ways don't open up new doors. This is a new day. This is a new way. And it's a way of the, it, we're not going to look to the world. We're going to look to the word. And so we began, my wife and I, we found that one word. Listen, one word changes your life. When Peter was on the water, all Jesus said was come. And he did something miraculous. He took a human being and allowed him to walk on water. Why? Because he gave him a word. I mean, with Jairus in the Bible, he said, simply believe. We think about that. Here's something you need to get in your, in your spirit. We're using too many words and not enough power. And so you get one word and it's a powerful word. So we would find ourselves just walking through the house and we didn't even know how to pray because we were numb. We just would say, restore. I'd walk past him, restore. restore. He'd say back to me, restore. It went, we didn't feel anything. You have to understand, we're not created to have to feel something to know it's real. You have to know that God, know that God, know that God, know that you know that you know that God is with you. You don't have to feel it to know it because he promised you he is. Because so, we weren't going back out in circulation yet. So it's just her and me. Remember the scripture said, and when David was alone, David encouraged himself. And so we were trying to encourage ourselves with one word. And then when we, we shared this with somebody and they said, you know, your story is like the story of Job. And I said, well, thanks a lot. Not only did I not want to be Job, I sure didn't want to be Mrs. Job. She was not good at all. But if you if you if you if you'd never read the story of Job, start with the ending. Don't start with the beginning. Because for, for the first 40 chapters, 41 chapters of Job, it's not good. It's not good. But you get to the end of the, of the book of Job and it begins to give you an understanding of the results of what he had gone through. And that's what we want to do. We want to get to the, the results. Remember, in, if you read the Bible, the one thing I like about the book of Revelation is the last chapter, the last verses of the last book. In the word of God, 700,000 words, 66 books before it. And it gets down to this last saying. It says, behold, I'm coming soon. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Behold, I'm coming speedily. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Come. It says if you're prepared, come. then your response is, yes, come quickly, Lord come. Jesus, for I am ready for your coming. If you're looking for the Antichrist, you're going to find him. But if you're looking for Christ, you're going to find him. I've chosen to look for Christ. Amen. I'm not looking for the Antichrist around every corner into any prophecy or anything else. I'm reading the word of God and I understand that it says in the end, he says, I give you an opportunity to come and you say, I'm prepared. Yes, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. But while we're here, we want to live out our days as full as we can. So we flipped in the Bible and we went to the book of Job, Job, now, Job. One of the things my husband says, and I love this statement, he says, when you are drowning is not the time to learn how to swim. So many times we miss our opportunities 
to build ourselves up spiritually in the word, through the spirit, coming to church, being in the assembling of ourselves together. So the spirit of God is moving among us, giving him worship, giving him opportunities to be exalted on our praise. We have to take every opportunity to be ready because the truth is things are going to come. They are going to come. We don't, we don't get to be delivered from this earth experience until we leave the earth. So we have to learn how to be victorious in these earth experiences one after the other. When our, our daughter Gabrielle was diagnosed, it was, it was not the first thing we'd ever been in. I, I'd been through a lot of things. Harry had been through a lot of things. He grew up in Flint. His dad died when he was 10 years old. He's Lebanese. He was left man of the house at 10 years old. Guess what? You're not equipped at 10 years old. But he learned. I was sexually abused from the time I was four until I was 14 years old. I had a car wreck when I was 11 years old with my family. My back was broken. My left leg was crushed in 32 places, and I went through the windshield. That was the first windshield I went through. I've been through three. Each and every time, it left its mark, scars upon scars upon scars. But when I was five years old, the milkman, Mr. Horton, would come to our house every Tuesday, and every Tuesday, he'd say, little girl, one day you're going to be Miss America. And whether you believe it or not, sometimes God sends the milkman to be the prophet in your life. And that milkman prophesied. And you know what I needed? I needed a word from the Lord to go through life holding on to something that's bigger than my circumstances, something that's bigger than my situations, something that's bigger than the hurt and the brokenness of my heart. And when the doctor stood around my bed at 11 years old and told me I'd never walk again, I said, you're mistaken. I'm going to be Miss America. And Miss America walks the runway. And I did it for the glory of God. But from the time the word was first given to me until I walked that runway was 17 years. And that's where most people stop. You've got to learn that time is your friend walking with God. You're developing as you go through things. You're building up spiritual strong muscles as the devil comes and he tries to kill and steal and destroy. He tries to steal your dreams. He tries to steal your vision. He tries to steal your life. And when Gabrielle died, I wanted to think that the devil slipped in there and stole her away. And a few months later, the Lord said to me, do you really think that the devil is bigger than me? But you know why I wanted to do that? Because I couldn't imagine accepting the fact that God allowed this to happen. It was easier to say, you didn't want it to happen, and the devil did it. But sometimes relationship is built upon us not always getting what we want. And you know, people said, well, your theology is messed up if you believe that. And I go, go to the garden. Because in the garden, when Jesus was praying and sweating blood, he said, Father, can this cup pass from me? And the father didn't answer. And then Jesus responded, not my will, but your will be done. People think that the guards or the, or, or, or the kings or the religious people sentenced Jesus to death. That was the plan of the father the whole time. Because he said, if I sacrifice my son, I get the world. That was his plan. There are certain things that we don't understand, but we will understand when we get to the other side. And that's why when the Lord said to Cheryl, Gabrielle's not in your past, but she's in our future, we understand we have something better waiting for us on the other side. But he says, occupy and work and do these things. And so uh, we did. We went to the, the book of Job. And I want to make sure we get this in before time's up. It says, Job, in the 42nd chapter, verse 10. I want you to read this. 
The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. When he what? When he prayed for his friends. When he got back into circulation and he began to minister to other people. When he got his eyes off of himself and he started looking at others. The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had had before. Then all his brothers and his sisters and all who had known him before came to him and they ate bread with him in his house and they consoled him and comforted him over all the distressing adversities that the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of money and each one gave him an earring of gold. And the Lord blessed, everybody say blessed. Blessed in the Hebrew means fire on the head. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginnings, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys, verse 13. And he had seven sons and three daughters. Now, if you go back and read chapter 1, you'll find that he started out with 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and 7,000 sheep. So here, when God says he gave him double... That I saw that immediately in the earth stuff, in the sheep and the oxen and the donkeys. But I said, Lord, in the beginning, he had seven sons and three daughters. So why in this verse didn't you double his sons and his daughters? I'm just asking. I just wonder. You said you doubled everything. Why didn't you double his kids? And the Lord said to my spirit, he said, I did. And I'm like, I can't see. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm a, I'm a numbers girl. I like numbers. And the numbers speak to me. And I said, Lord, he had seven sons to begin with, and he had three daughters. And now when you've restored him, he has seven sons and three daughters. That's not double. And he said, you're thinking too earthly. He said, you act like he lost his seven sons and his three daughters. He didn't lose them. They just moved from his past to his future. I gave him seven more sons. He still has the first seven. And I gave him three more daughters. He still has the first three. So he has now for all eternity, which is who we are. We are so earth focused. We forget we are not of this kingdom. We have an unshakable kingdom and we're citizens of that kingdom. And in the kingdom that is unshakable for Job, he now has 14 sons and six daughters. And God restored and doubled everything in his life. Let's open our spiritual eyes and see what's real. And stop thinking that this earth is all there is. And realize this earth is simply the womb of heaven. We develop here to who we are birthed into eternity. So if you don't develop here, you might be developing incorrectly because you're not walking with eyes to see. You've got to understand the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, to give you life and give you life more abundantly. And those are all great words. And, uh, and, but, but I'm thinking about a six-year-old. Did she fulfill everything that she was supposed to do on this earth? Six years old. Did she get to do, did she, did she, I mean, what's her legacy? So I went to my pastor and I said to him, pastor, six years old, did she run her full race? And I'm telling you, he didn't bat an eye. He said, Harry, it's not how long you have on this earth, it's what you do and the amount of time you have here. At one word, settle it. 
It's, uh, it's so important to have that connection with your pastor. It was so important to me because I was searching. I was looking. I was hurting. Just because we're up here with a microphone in our hand doesn't mean that we don't live in a flesh body and that bad things don't happen to us. A lot of people that have a microphone in their hand won't admit that bad things happen to them. But bad things do happen to everybody. The Bible says in this world you have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. And so I, I held on to that word. It's not how long you have on this earth, but it's what you do in the amount of time that you have here. And I began to think about it as Cheryl and I have progressed through these years. And, and I thought about, you know, well, what, could, what, what, what do we, what, what, what do we um, achieve in this world? Cheryl has a title, it's Miss America. She can't take that to heaven. We have a nice home, can't take that to heaven. We have a car, can't take that to heaven. I said, Lord, what's it all about? Why, why are we getting up at four o'clock in the morning, flying all over the world? He said, the only thing you get to take to heaven are the lives that you've impacted on earth. And you stand before me, the only thing I'm gonna to talk to you about is those who you have impacted while you had the opportunity, while you were alive on earth. If you get anything out of that today, let me tell you something. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our. When you share your story with someone else, let me tell you something. You will bring life to them. And no one believes in your story more than you do. And no one knows your story more than you do. But no one should tell your story more than you should. So we tell our story to you and we give you this word. Doesn't matter what happened to us last year, we're still here. Doesn't matter what happened to us 21 years ago, we're survivors. And when you go through hell, don't stop. You can either live with it or you can learn from it. And I've lived with it and I've learned from it. And I'm passing through hell and I'm headed towards heaven. My question is, are you too? Are you going to heaven? When people say you failed, your daughter passed on at the age of six. No, when she closed her eyes, I said, there she goes. And I heard a word that said, here she comes. I'm disappointed that she went so early, but I have a knowledge that I'm going to see her again. That's the hope we have in Jesus Christ. I want everybody to say restore with me. Say restore with me. Say, restore with me. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I pray for restoration in every person's life because if they've lived on this earth and they're here today, they all have been through something. And even in these last 12 months, we've all been through something. We need restoration in some, some shape or form, whether it's in our health, whether it's in our mind, whether it's in our finances, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our job, whether it's in this entire world. We can pray for this world. Lord, restore us. Make us better than what we were because we've come through it and we're on the other side. But in this same year, as my wife and I found ourselves in a place where we didn't even know how to pray and we might not have been able to be with our pastor, we opened the word of God and we got a word from God. And we reformed our relationship with him. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity today before we close. Maybe you've had a relationship with the Lord, but some of the things that you've been through, even in this last year, and you've grown cold and you've grown out of fellowship with him. And you say, Lord, I need to get that fire back in my life. I need to have my relationship with my Savior restored. Or maybe you've never had that relationship and you've come or you're watching because you need a relationship with Christ. You're searching. And I want you to know either way, if you've fallen out of a relationship or you need a relationship, today's your day and this is your time. And I want to pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, for either one of those things, to have your relationship with the Lord restored or to have a first time personal relationship, quickly just slip your hand up where I can see it. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see those hands. I see them going up all over the place. If you didn't slip your hand up, you know I'm not gonna embarrass you, but you got three more seconds. Get them up, three, two, one. And I believe that the moment you reached up to him, he began to reach down to you. Now you may lower your hand because you've activated something in the heavenlies. Before you can even say these words, the Lord was in heaven from his holy throne and he began to move upon you because he moved upon you before you even slipped your hand up. And that's called restoration. But words are powerful. And as we had you say the word restore, there's power in that word. Trophimus was left behind at Miletus and carried on with Paul's journey. That's a word. Job got a word. Now here's your word. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's a word from you to heaven. It's called the profession of your faith. So everyone, I'm going to ask, even if you didn't slip your hand up, let's just pray this thing because Job was, Job was restored when he prayed for his friends. While you're praying for those who slipped their hands up, I believe restoration can come in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father today, today I, declare I declare that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, Lord is Lord of my life. No longer going to hell. No longer going to hell. I'm, on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. I deny Satan. I deny Satan. I don't live in my past. I live in the present, I live in the present. with a guarantee, a guarantee of my future, of my future. With, Christ Jesus. with Christ Jesus. I'm now, I am now born, again. born again. You believe that with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. When you read those scriptures in Revelation, behold, I'm coming soon. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Behold, I'm coming speedily. You can now respond. Yes. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I pray over this house. I pray over this church. I pray over these people. I pray over these pastors. I pray over the staff. Father, I pray restoration is in this house. Make it better than it was ever created it a new work because it's been through something and now Lord you see the greater value in it because they've overcome by the blood of the lamb and let the word of this church's testimony go to the north the south the east and the west in Jesus name and everyone said amen thank you for having us today